Hey, before we get into today's episode, I just want to thank you so much for being so gracious and kind with your comments. So many of you are subscribing. We've got 1,100 downloads now of our podcast. We're so grateful for that. Please remember, when you go to any of the podcast channels, please, of course, listen. Would you subscribe, comment, and please share? We appreciate everything that you do so much. And now for today's podcast. Welcome, welcome. The Recovery Guy Podcast. Recovery is a lifelong process. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. And if it's Monday, this must be the fix. I'm so glad you tuned in today or whenever you're listening to this podcast. It might be Monday. It might be Tuesday. It might be midweek for you. No matter what channel you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes or Podbean or Spotify, Stitcher, or when you listen, we're just glad you're here. We are glad that you would listen. We would hope that you would subscribe, certainly comment so we can find out where we're at and share with the friends some of the life-changing principles we're trying to lay down. Of course, I am in a studio today with my sidekick, a podcast engineer, and the man who produces this podcast, uh, my man, J.J., Uh, John is at home in uh, Southern California. He, of course, uh, is the um, webmaster for recoveryguide.org. We hope you visit that site as well. Hey, news lets you know that next week, starting next week, we are going to be going to Tuesday for the fix. Um, We decided it would work out better scheduling. We've gotten a few comments uh, that uh, uh, it would work out better for a lot of people's schedule to have it after the week started. So we're going to go ahead and do a Tuesday fix. And then, of course, we still have Thursday for the checkup. So uh, we hope uh, this uh, change doesn't uh, throw you off in your listening schedule. Hope you'll find us on Tuesdays. Uh, for the fix. You know, I want to get right going. I do want to thank you all for being a part of this broadcast and all that we do. You know, so before I get started today, uh, I just want to uh, tell you that there's hope. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, If there's hope in the future, there's power in the present. Just a great quote from John Maxwell, the amazing trainer, instructor, and and, uh, has been one of my distant mentors over the years on leadership and and just how to be a person of quality. Uh, So if there is hope in the future, there's power in the present, and who couldn't uh, use just a little bit more power? You know, today's podcast, it's, it's called None of My Business, all right? 
and 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 I'll get into it in just a moment. Uh, but before I do, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Earl Nightingale, but he was a radio commentator, and Earl lived from 1921 when he passed away in 1989. Uh, just a great um, pontificator, great encourager. He's got some amazing quotes, a wonderful author. I'm going to leave this with you, lead this um, out today. A great quote, something I hope resonates with you, and it's really what we try to do at Recovery Guy Podcast and recoveryguide.org. Earl says, learn to enjoy every minute of your life. Be happy now. Don't wait for something outside of yourself to make you happy in the future. Think how really precious is the time you have to spend, whether it's at work or with your family. Every minute should be enjoyed and savored. I hope that resonates with you because what a, what a call to arms. And when I read something like that, you know, it, it reminds me of my personal responsibility to me. You know, and, and it's not because I'm selfish and self-centered, but I'm a person who believes in building up myself with these types of thoughts and behavioral positions that I can be of greater value to you. Because at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or not, we are our brother's keeper. And we have an obligation as a member of the human race, as someone in this world, in this universe, to be that shining light, to be that ray of hope, to be that voice of kindness and encouragement to people who need it. Because trust me, and you probably see it, whether you're going to the store or at work or in your family or in all walks of life, there's a lot of sad people out there. And what's most sad about their sadness is on the surface, they seem to have so much, and yet there's so little of them on the inside. Got a lot of exterior. It's like a beautiful home. But when you look inside, it's got false walls and the rooms aren't real. And how sad is that? You know, one of the things that the late, great uh, Stephen Covey said was to climb the ladder of life and realize that you're leaning against the wrong wall. You know, this week I'd listened to, uh, again, my man, Sean Croxton and quote of the day, and he, he had a, a talk on there by Lou Saban, the, the famed uh, college football coach from Alabama. And he had a, a, a talk on there called um, Mediocre People Don't Like High Achievers and High Achievers Don't Like Mediocre People. And one of the reasons that dynamic is true is because mediocre people who have settled for mediocrity think badly or resentful to people who have decided not to be mediocre and who have achieved. The high achievers look at the mediocre people and 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 almost with a 
like a reverse resentment in why aren't you achieving? They al- we almost would get frustrated, but also they just sort of get tired of being uh, put upon or hit on or put down because of their decision to uh, to overachieve. So as I was thinking about the the topic for today, I thought of the quote that was attributed to Eleanor Roosevelt. And the quote goes like this, your opinion of me is none of my business. Have you ever heard that quote before? Your opinion of me is none of my business. And You know, if you Google, do a search engine on that phrase, you're going to find countless articles. Many of them are very good. Um, There's so many, I couldn't go through them. But let let me drop it down to you in a way that really relates to us who are looking to get well from the inside out. And the importance of understanding that someone's opinion of me is really none of my business. And please understand, it's not because I don't care or don't think it's important of what people think, but I can't get hung up there. I can't get caught there. It divides me far too much. Do you remember in your early days of trying to get well when you just realized that You just couldn't go on the way you were going on. Or maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're in the early stages of realizing that something needs to change for you to become the person you believed you were always to be, right? Becoming the person you should have been, just like Miss Cozy said, on the podcast um, with uh, on purpose. Remember, I made a reference to that. So, so we're there and we're in that place. And do you remember, or maybe again, you're there now, remember what it's like being a people pleaser? Because people who don't understand or don't realize or don't think they have value are so concerned, for the most part, with what other people think. You know, and people can deny it. People can say, I don't care what they think. And, you know, they can go to hell. They can this and that. I don't care. This is me. This is who I am. You know, um, I don't don't care, right? The people who yell that the most care the most. Trust me when I tell you that. The people who shout, I don't care what you think the most, care the most. So, you remember that, though, that feeling of nothingness. As, as I've told you before, if you go back and hear any of my story, either on my website from some of my recovery talks or, or at some of the podcasts, you'll know that I was a person who struggled with self-esteem since I was a child. You know, I thought I was nothing because I came from nothing, and I was always going to be a nothing. You know, I wet the bed until I was 11 years old, you know, and the stigma of growing up being called a piss pot is very traumatic and you want people to like you, but 
you 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 feel you are what they say you are. Remember that? And and they would put names on me or put names on you and and we have a tendency to project that we take on their view of us becomes our self-esteem. And if we already think that we came from nothing and we are nothing and the prognosis is we're going to always be nothing, that's very shaming. And yet we, we want these people to care for us. So their view of us means the world to us. And that might be doable if it was just for one person, right? But when we're growing up and we go through life, consider all the people that that involves, all the relationships. Even when I was five and six years old, when I was starting to already gain these thoughts of not having any value, and even in my dysfunctional household, it's it's not that my mom and dad didn't try to show me love. You know, my dad being alcoholic, it was challenging in terms of how it was delivered, right? And my I was the middle child of seven children, and we were financially poor. And so there was some real challenges there, as many of you understand. And I'm not trying to say poor me. It's just the reality of, of what it was. And and um, I live a, a very different life today, thank God. But when you're growing up and try to sort these things out, you know, you already feel like you don't measure up just from where you come from. And then when that's sort of reinforced by people who you want to care for you, you know, so... When you're young, it's, you know, your neighborhood kids, right? Or, or their parents or your classmates, you know, or your teachers. Um, or in my case, I had, you know, six brothers and sisters, you know, and all of the other dynamics, all the different people that we want to care for us. And because We don't think we have anything to bring to the table because remember, we think we're nothing because we came from nothing and we're always going to be nothing. So what do we bring, right? What do we bring to the table that has value that they would see us for who we are and celebrate us based on that level of quality that we're bringing? So we end up, wanting to do rather than be because I don't think you're going to care for me because of who I am. Maybe you'll care for me by what I do, right? But different people receive different things based on their life view and what they want. So if I've got five or six people seven types of people that view me differently and view their own life differently and have different levels of expectation of me that could change. And I'm caring about what each and every one of them think. Has it 
has it confused you yet? Because it is confusing. When you think about that on an emotional, psychological, mental, and even spiritual level, the four dimensions, it's an impossible task for an adult, let alone when you and I are young and trying to find our way as a nothing. It's not about who we are. It's about what we do and trying to people please. Well, obviously, as we grow older and our responsibility in terms of our response to others grows, right? Because as we grow older, there's a higher degree of expectation. Not only that, our range of influence and relationship grows as well. So now we have more relationships because our exposure to the world is greater. So now when we are in elementary school, we might have had one, maybe two teachers. Now when we get into junior high school and high school, we have a different teacher for each class. So now we've got five teachers that we have to figure out where they're at. And since we still believe we're nothing, we have to prove to them we're something. So their view of us really does matter. And I make it my business because I need to please them in order to help facilitate value in me. You see how this is becoming more challenging? It's no wonder I was screwed up and already drinking and using by the time I was 14. This crap was driving me freaking crazy because the older I got, the more I realized that I was a nothing. And now I've been a nothing even longer. I have more people to please, a greater sense of inadequacy, but my desire and my need to please you grows as my circle of influence and relationship grows, and it just gets crazier, right? And the resulting emotion and feeling of now disappointing all these other people because how can a person like me who doesn't feel they have value really believe that your impression of me is a good one? You, you feel me there? It's, it's impossible. So even though you might have a positive response to me, I'm thinking, ah, there's something else here. There's something they don't know about me because I know what I think they're feeding me back, but, oh, they're not like that tomorrow or they weren't like that last week and, and this person wasn't like that last week and now they're this way this week and I'm thinking, who who can I please? I, I And it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier till finally the emotional expense that has been taken on me has caused me so much pain and so much confusion that I have to find a way to check out because this is too difficult to bear. And by this time, I'm only 18 years old. You know what I mean? Have you, have you, have you felt that way? That you just feel so inadequate and yet what people think of you 
matters so much. And if you could just be that person for a moment that they need you to be or want you to be or you think they need you to be, you would be that person. However, you would have to do it 10 or 15 different times because now you have the siblings, you have your parents, you have your significant other. You know, if you have children, you know, now we're, in my case, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. Then you have the employer. Then you have, you know, if you're still in school and all the other friend relationships that you have that you never think you're measuring up to. So you finally start seeking a level of people who think the way you think. So not only are you now trapped, but now you become comfortable in that being trapped because now you're trapped with other people. Does that make sense? And the despair gets deeper because now we are still lonely, but at least we're not alone. And then the pain the confusion, the, 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 the challenge becomes so great that we decide we can't live that way anymore. So what do you do? What do you do when you realize that if something doesn't change, for my case, I was going to have to die because I couldn't do more than what I was doing to mask the pain. And I couldn't break out of it. So I'm going to give you some steps here. If you can write it down, write it down. A lot of times what I do, as I've told you before, driving down the road, listening to a podcast, I'll just open up my speaker and open up my notepad and and just speak some things into there. So if you can do that, great. Let me just give you a second to get that done. Uh, maybe repetition, like me, I go back and re-listen to things because <laughs> I'm always smarter five minutes after, right? Maybe you're that way too. But here's some real simple things that I that I think could help you along your way because they certainly have helped me along the way. First of all, find out who you are. Not what you do because We aren't what we do. We do what we do because we need to do it. But it's not who I am. Find out who you are as a person. Be honest. Be objective. Be subjective in an objective way. Then once you find out who you are, Find out what you want from life. This is so important because we've wanted from life what we thought other people wanted from us. We don't know what we want because we've been living this facade, this mask, this charade for so long because we're trying to please so many people because what they think of us matters so much. When reality is, your opinion of me is really none of my business. So find out who you are. Find out what you want from life. Take your inventory. What do I want to extract from life? What is going to help me become the person I need to be for me? 
And then the third step is, how can you best cultivate that? So I find out who I am. I find out what I want from life. And how can I best cultivate that in me? Then, number four, find out what value I bring to others. Not what I do for others, but what value, what is it about me, Robert Pardon, as a person that brings and adds to others? Because, again, I am my brother's keeper. Everything that I do for me, I do so I can be of greater value for you. And as you receive that me, not what I do, but who I am, and you reciprocate, it encourages me, not by what I do, but your response to me of who I am. Then, number five, Build yourself to help make those around you better. So once I find out what value I bring, I build that value to make everything around me better from the inside out. So I'm growing as a person. And then my most important relationships, in my case, my wife, Laura, then my children, then my grandchildren, then my siblings, then my most personal relationships, right? And it just builds out and out and out. So I build myself to help make those around me better. And then number six, I continue to do the first five things. And I continue to do them. I continue to explore who I am because I am changing, I am evolving, I am growing, and I, and I don't want to lose sight of that. As I've talked to you before, I want to become a, a better version of me. So I've got to go back and, who am I? Where am I growing? How am I stronger? And then, now based on that, is there something else that I want from life? Now that I've gotten this and achieved that, it's just like goals, stacking, 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 like building a building, I'm secure on the third floor, so now I can build the fourth, and now I can build and build and build based on the stability of the other floors. And what I want from life continues to grow. Then I'm always looking at how I can best cultivate that part of me, that self, that thing that brings me value because of who I am, not because of what I do. Then I find out what value I bring to others based on what who I am, again, not what I do. So do I bring kindness? Do I bring joy? Do I bring a sense of happiness, a sense of peace, a degree of positiveness? Do I bring a particular energy that will elevate a room, all based on who I am, not based on what I do? Then I build myself to help make those around me better. Because the better I am, the better we can become. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And then when I get done with five, I'm continually doing these things. As you've heard before from me and countless other people involved in phases of recovery, this is about the journey. It's not about the destination. 
I never arrive. I'm always moving. It is impossible if you look at gravity and Newton's law of motion. Things that are in motion have a tendency to stay in motion. Things at rest have a tendency to stay at rest. It is scientifically impossible to coast uphill because there's this thing called gravity. So I'm always moving. I'm always growing. Even when I'm resting, I'm resting to grow. Hey, I'm so glad that you joined me today. My name is Robert. I'm the recovery guy. Let's get well together. Let's take what we have and let's contribute to each other so we all become well. And the next time you're challenged with what someone else thinks about you, just remember what they think about you is none of your business. Thanks for joining us today. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. Have a great afternoon. I was trying to do everything I could.